the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You are in the fast lane on Main Street with Get Down to Business with Shalom Klein, the show for business and jobs. Now, the champion of networking, the advocate of jobs, the guru of business, your host, Shalom Klein. We are all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. You are listening to Get Down to Business. We are all about small business here, and you call us. Here in studio, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. You are listening to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download podcasts from my website at ShalomKlein.com. And while you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter, at Shalom Klein. Lots of information uh, that I tweet about all week, mostly involving the topics of small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. And you'll be hearing a lot about those topics over the next hour here on AM560, The Answer, we've got a fantastic guest joining us, Linda Nichols of IMC Solution, in just a few minutes. But right now, I wanted to talk about a topic that we have not discussed in a while on this program, that is LinkedIn. Um, yes, indeed, LinkedIn is an important part of your small business, and LinkedIn is something that you need to employ for your networking strategies, whether you own a business, you work in a business, you're looking for a job, it really doesn't matter, but LinkedIn continues to be relevant even as we move into the second half of 2017. And I cannot believe it is the second half of 2017. Hope everybody had a fantastic, festive, and enjoyable July 4th weekend and July 4th Independence Day. Hopefully you enjoyed um, and celebrated with your family. But uh, we now are in Q3 of 2017, the third quarter of 2017. That means we only have six months remaining for the year. And later on in the program, I do want to talk to, about, talk to you about your networking strategies for the remainder of 2017, for the remainder of the summer, because summer is not a time to slow down. Summer is a time to pick up your networking activities. But one of the ways that you can do that is by utilizing your LinkedIn profile. So once you have a complete and update profile that is authentic, relevant, and compelling, and I'll repeat those terms again, authentic, relevant, and compelling, it's, start, it's time to start using your LinkedIn for networking. And indeed, if you don't have a good uh, profile there yet, I'd encourage you to visit my website, shalomkline.com, where I'll be posting some tips for you. And hopefully you avoided reaching out to new contacts and accepting connection requests until your profile was in tip-top shape. You need to assume that people will check out your profile when you're connecting. And with many connections, that's your first impression. It's funny, as I was preparing for the show and I was looking up first impressions, I got... Uh, I, I got in front of a 1980s Head and Shoulders commercial, and it says you never get a second chance to make a first impression. And that's right. It's right about LinkedIn. When it comes to networking and LinkedIn, there are two primary functions, just like in real world networking, building your network and nurturing relationships. 
it's that's what it's all about. So in growing your network, you want to be both diverse and concentrated. On one hand, you want to benefit from the power of diversity in networking, yet you also have to make sure that there's a concentration of connections to people in your sphere of expertise. LinkedIn lets you meet both needs at once. So before I go any further, I want to explain an important part of LinkedIn that will impact your thoughts on networking. Many people I speak to only want to connect with people that they know. That strategy appears to play it safe, but it will work against you because of how LinkedIn is programmed. If you want to show up frequently in searches and you want to see the maximum number of full profiles, you need to be promiscuous in your connection strategy. Ignore LinkedIn's advice to only accept connection requests from people you know. And this is the first time that I'm saying this out loud, and it took me a lot of research over the past week to really say this confidently. Uh, When they say only accept connection requests from people you know, that helps them sell premium subscriptions, but it won't help you get found. I only typically accept Facebook friends from people that I know. On LinkedIn, I do accept random connection requests. So indeed, for all of our listeners, even those that haven't met me yet in person, by all means, connect with me on LinkedIn. If you're still feeling a little queasy about being an open networker, accepting the most connection requests, it should allay your fears to know that LinkedIn makes it really easy to remove block or report a connection. So any connection request you accept can be disconnected. So with that in mind, it's time to build your network. There are four primary ways to do it. Number one is to reach out. Number two is to accept connection requests. Number three is to connect to people who are suggested by LinkedIn. And by the way, that just reinforces my message. They suggest people to you. And number four is using groups. uh, And groups are a great way to meet people that you otherwise would not have had the opportunity to meet. People that share common interests. That's very, very common that I'll get a connection request um, from somebody that uh, that is in one of uh, one of the groups that I'm involved in. You want to start by adding everyone in your professional life as a connection. You can link your email account and your iPhone or your Android contacts to make that easier. If you're just starting out with LinkedIn or you haven't focused on it, you may have fewer than 500 connections. That will work against you. Once you reach 500, LinkedIn no longer displays the actual number you have. And there is a psychological phenomenon where we believe people with 500 plus in their profile are some how more accomplished. So you want to strive for 500. It's that simple. Um, That's what will help you build the LinkedIn profile that will allow you to be successful in 2017. Again, uh, we've spoken a lot about LinkedIn over the past many months and over the past few years of the show. We talked about creating just the bare bones LinkedIn account. And I know in a few minutes, we'll be chatting with Linda Nichols, our resident and in-house uh, professional on everything uh, jobs and job search and recruiting. And perhaps we'll touch on LinkedIn briefly in that discussion. But it's important to remember that if you want to build the LinkedIn profile to Oh, one, the, the sort of the, the next level up, you want to have all of those things that we talked about, which involves uh, showing up frequently in searches, and you want to make sure you're getting the maximum number of connections. And you have to be a little risky. You have to be a little risky in business if you want to grow your business. You have to be a little risky in the job search if you want to find a job. And if you want to grow your professional network, you want to 
you want to be a little bit risky in how you do this on LinkedIn. I'm going to go through the steps again, but I want to reiterate something that I, I don't think is used enough in LinkedIn. And I am not a, I'm, I don't work for LinkedIn, but I can tell you that groups are probably one of the most powerful networking features in LinkedIn and probably one of the most underutilized features as well. So search on LinkedIn for different groups. I know I'm a part of a ton of different small business networking groups on LinkedIn, and most of the people I've not met in person, but people have connected with me. And when I needed a connection to John Doe at XYZ Company, and I saw that somebody in a LinkedIn group that I'm involved in is connected with them, I've been able to use them as a connection, and it has worked. People have been kind enough to make those introductions to help me get to the next level. Again, I know in a few minutes we're going to be chatting with Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions about the job search, but in the job search as well, as they say, it's not what you know, it's who you know. If you can connect with people and you can find a relationship, a common person between you and the potential employer, it will make the world of difference um, for building your network. So there are several ways you can build your network. As I mentioned, number one is you could reach out. Number two is accepting connection requests. Number three is connecting with people who are suggested by LinkedIn. Number four is using the groups. I cannot emphasize enough. You want to connect with everybody that you know professionally, everybody uh, that you can add from your professional life, um, the better. You can link your email account. You can link your electronic devices so it will actually go into your contact list and will actually add people. And it doesn't, it won't send out necessarily a blast to everybody, everybody, everybody. You could actually filter through manually and you could actually check off who you want it to go to. Let's say you have your arch enemy in your contacts list listed as do not answer. Um, you don't need to have the LinkedIn connection request go to them. So hopefully you found those tips, advice, information helpful about building the LinkedIn profile that will empower you for successful networking in the remaining months of 2017. As I mentioned before, I hope that you had a festive and enjoyable July 4th, but what July 4th means, what Independence Day means, is that aside for all of our patriotism, it also means that we are in the latter half, the second half of 2017, and it's time to step up our game, time to step up your game in the job search, time to step up your game in business networking, and indeed, that's what we'll be talking about in just a few minutes. We'll be chatting with my good friend, Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions, and uh, she will be talking to us uh, a little bit about why job searches sometimes are taking longer and jobs are actually staying open longer. Hopefully, we'll be able to identify some of those reasons, but also talk about some of the solutions as well. We are very grateful to our sponsors at Tandem HR, your solution center. You can find them online, tandemhr.com. Tandemhr.com, they have a fantastic blog, lots of content, lots of information for all of you employers that are struggling to stay up to date with all of the regulatory issues. We talked about some of those regulatory issues last week on Get Down to Business, and they are posting about them frequently, posting not just the problems, but also the solutions. So I encourage you to give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. And for all of you listeners of Get Down to Business, I know they are happy to provide a free consultation. Just tell them that you heard about Tandem HR on Get Down to Business and visit their website tandemhr.com. Lots more LinkedIn and networking tips on my website shalomkline.com, but we'll be right back in just a few moments with Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions. Don't touch that dial. 
Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're powered by Tandem HR, your solution center. Check them out, tandemhr.com. And as promised, thrilled to be joined by my good friend and colleague, Linda Nichols of IMC Solutions. Linda, good evening. Thank you for joining us. Hi, Shalom. Great to be here. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So we uh, we sort of teased this in our in our earlier segment. We were talking a little bit about LinkedIn and the job search. And uh, Linda, I think something that's been troubling me and troubling I, I know a lot of folks out there in the market are that there. It seems that the job search is taking longer, and perhaps many of those jobs that we see on job boards they're just sitting there for a long time. Why is that, Linda? It's pretty complicated, but I think, um, and I don't, I don't think we can boil it down to any one thing because of the uh, high number of jobs and because of the high number of opportunities for candidates. Active, there's a limit. There's a good number of active candidates, but a limited number of active. That's different from passive. So if you have more open jobs than you have active candidates, it, a job is going to stay open longer because. It takes a while to get that right candidate in. On the flip side, though, um, employers, plain and simple, I believe, are really struggling to make the right hiring decision, and they are no longer willing to make a quick hiring decision because it will fill a gap because all employers, especially small and mid-sized employers, have learned that a, a, a bad hire is so costly so they're deliberately slowing down their process, involving more people in their process, and taking a longer amount of time. They'll wait and keep a job open until they find the right person. Wow. So, Linda, so you're saying that, A, uh, there's a, uh, a bit of a scarcity of candidates, certainly a, a difference of what we saw just a few years ago, um, that, that candidates have more opportunities um, now, and uh, there's more open jobs than there are candidates, but also uh, employers are being a little bit more careful. So they're keeping the jobs open a little bit longer and uh, deliberating uh, in the process. But Linda, that's, I guess, good news in general that, uh, that certainly there's been an improvement, a slight improvement in the economy, um, but certainly it leads to I think some challenges both on the employer side as well as on the job seeker side. So uh, what what is the typical time frame for an open job? As soon as the a job is approved by whatever, uh, whoever in the organization, the HR director or maybe the business owner, the job is posted. How long are most jobs posted before they're taken down because of a good hire? Uh, at least 120 days right now in, in 2017. Early in Q1, jobs seem to be filled very quickly, but as of March, they have extended out. And it's, it's probably going longer than 120 days because I can see jobs that are still open that opened in March. Now, in some cases, were they filled or did the employer think they had them filled and then perhaps the candidate uh, turned down the offer or accepted a counteroffer? They're still open. So 120 days is now, this year, a benchmark. That's fascinating. That's a little bit... um, uh, Now, candidates don't realize that, and so some candidates have said, oh, gosh, I thought that job was filled by now. No, it's not. (laughs) And then they they wonder why, and they, they wonder if there's something wrong with the job or wrong with the company, when that's actually not true. Uh, Employers are just being far more careful. 
So job seekers shouldn't let shouldn't let their guard down. Um, you know, they, they might apply for something and and they, they did a good job of networking initially into the company. But the truth is, if the job is posted for that length of time and companies are sort of looking at their options and they want to be very, very careful, it's important to sort of keep up the networking within the organization, identify as many links to management or to the, or to HR as possible. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and don't, candidates should not be afraid to reach out and contact them. Um, you know, in this digital age, everybody thinks as long as I send my resume or I send an email inquiry, nobody really wants to hear my voice. Nobody wants to, to receive a phone call from, from me. But that's not true. companies love to hear candidates following up with a phone call. Even if it doesn't get responded, it gets recognized. And, oh, by the way, sometimes the employers really do pick up the phone and answer the call. They sure do. But, Linda, let let me flip that for a second, because you mentioned the first thing you mentioned when we started this discussion is about the scarcity of candidates. Do you believe that uh, that it's also incumbent on the or that employers should be doing a better job at uh, staying in touch with potential candidates? Because often somebody that they may be interested in in the first 30 days of the of, of the sort of search for the ideal candidate may sort of move on and they may lose that talent. Yes, I think that that has been a common complaint among candidates that, gee, I send my resume to the company and I never hear from them. And and that truly does happen. Um, it could be because of the sheer volume of resumes that might be coming in. Uh, you can see on certain um, employers' job postings, they may clearly put at the bottom, we will only contact qualified candidates. And that's their way of saying, if you're just flinging your resume out there to me and you know you don't really fit the job, don't expect a response from me because you're not going to get it. <laughs> that's right. And, and companies are getting smarter about that. So speaking of about sure. smarter companies, um, you, you mentioned, obviously, the length of time, that 120-day benchmark that a lot of jobs are posted. There's also an evaluation period that's sort of expected uh, when when companies hire somebody, they want to make sure that they've got the right person before they invest too much into that individual. What's the benchmark for some of those positions and some of those hires? Sure. Well, in in the past, it was 30 days. It has extended in quite a few years to 90 days, um, what's commonly referred to as the 90-day probationary period. But the trend that I've been seeing is that Employers are really giving <clears throat> pardon me, their new hires a lot longer time than that to prove their capabilities and to prove their value and to prove their success. So, uh, you know, 90 days is really just not an adequate amount of time to measure someone's in performance. So depending on the position, uh, it could extend out to 9 months, 12 months, 24 months, depending on the level. Interesting. So there's a probationary period. We talked a little bit about the lengthy job search process that will likely uh, take a long time for both candidates as well as for companies to find the right person. But I want to go back to the job seekers perspective because surely we have many of those uh, job seekers or folks that are starting to explore as they go into the latter half of 2017, starting to explore their options. And, uh, and they're going through the lengthy interviewing process. So what 
advice do you have for somebody that may have had several shorter term jobs and they may realize for themselves that they seem to have actually jumped around every one or two years or so? What what tips do you have for for that individual? Well, it, 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 I call it strategic career planning, and, and it's really um, candidates need to do some soul searching. If you're unhappy in your current position, why? Really analyze why. What If you could change something, what would that be? Do you have to change companies in order to um, change your situation? Uh, if you're feeling um, stymied or held back or bored and you really want more challenge, Maybe you should talk to your boss or maybe you should talk to other managers within the organization and say, look, I like being here. I want to grow. I want to be successful. I want to contribute. What can I do to propel myself forward? And, and really be, be humble but be sincere and say, what else can I do to be you know, one of the key employees and yet still feel challenged and feel like I'm contributing. So my advice is maybe you don't really have to look outside your organization. If you've been changing jobs every one to two years, I would strongly advise that you find the ways to stay within your current employer and build up a minimum of a three-year duration at that job before you go anyplace else. Well, Linda, that's that's uh, it's that advice. Uh, that's why we have you on the program so frequently. We we value that advice, but we are out of time. Linda Nichols, VMC Solutions. How can our listeners get a hold of you if they want to talk either about that job search or potentially companies looking to find the right talent? Absolutely. Please call us at 630-637-6200. We answer all calls live <laughs> on Monday through Friday, 830 to 5, and usually 6, and sometimes a little later. <laughs> Fantastic. And I know you are online as well, imcsolutions.com. Linda Nichols, thank you for joining us. We'll be sure to have you back on real soon to continue the discussion. In the meantime, get down to business. We'll be right back after this quick break. Don't touch that dial, Chicago. You're listening to the show all about small business. Jobs and Entrepreneurship. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. You could get on my website, shalomklein.com, to download podcasts from this very program. We've had hundreds and hundreds of guests. You could hear lots of tips and advice from our good friend, Linda Nichols, who you just heard a little bit about the job search process from, again, that website, shalomkline.com, and on my Twitter, at shalomkline. Be sure to check that out because I'm constantly posting lots of networking tips, advice, and information for all of you small business owners and job seekers. Again, follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. And check out my website, shalomkline.com. So we will be talking about some more tips for business owners uh, as we move along in the program. And very grateful to our good friends at Tandem HR, uh, your solution center for everything employment, everything HR related. Check them out online at tandemhr.com or give them a call, 630-928-0510. But more about them shortly. Um, I have to tell you, it is tempting, and I'm struggling with it a bit myself, especially after the July 4th holiday. On a Tuesday, we had a nice July 4th weekend, and then we had Monday, which was a little bit of a lighter, uh, quieter, more calm day. Um, So everybody struggles with that desire to slow down, go to the beach, read on the deck, 
basically behave like they did when they were in elementary school. And September seemed like a very distant possibility. You take the summer off, you enjoy, you kick your feet up, and uh, just take it a little bit easier. Not to go on a full-blown vacation, but just relax a little bit more. Uh, I got some advice for you. Don't do it. Don't give in to that temptation because you'll miss out on some of your best business growth opportunities this year. No, I'm not suggesting not to go on a vacation um, because I think that it's possible. I experience this quite regularly myself, that it is possible to work remotely and work from different places. Not everybody has that luxury. What I'm telling you is not to slow down. Summer is not the time to say, I'm going to take the summer off. Summer is actually a perfect time to reach and inspire your prospects. And in particular, I want to focus and uh, sort of uh, uh, give this segment to our friends out there that are in the sales world. So summer is a great time to reach and inspire those prospects. So before you stop listening, because you think I've lost my mind, uh, consider this, that two of the main reasons it's difficult to reach your prospects and capture their attention are because they're overwhelmed and are experiencing, as many of us are, decision fatigue. But in the summer, they're attending less meetings because colleagues and team members are on vacation. They're spending less time traveling because their prospects are on vacation. They're making fewer decisions because projects are on hold while people are on vacation. They're answering their phone because their receptionist or executive assistant is on vacation. And they, like many of us, are using their less hectic moments to be in the office and actually get things done. So what I know from being in business for the past bunch of years is that senior decision makers rarely take two months vacation. In fact, they're working from wherever they are. They know, they're responding to emails all the time. If you leave them a voicemail, they're going to respond to that voicemail. And senior decision makers seek out opportunities throughout the year to think, plan, and make decisions. And summer is one such perfect opportunity to do that. So for the past few weeks, I know I've had Three really important meetings postponed to the fall because team members of theirs will be on vacation. But the senior managers organizing those meetings or trainings, they'll still be working with a holiday plan probably at the end of the summer or the beginning of September because that's when other people are returning from vacation. While prospecting the summer can mean you dial a bit more and listen to a few more vacation messages than usual when someone does answer, they're not in a rush. They actually have more time to listen and their capacity to give thought to your ideas and perhaps even make a decision. Of course, this isn't true in all industries or across all cultures, but I, I'm telling you, cold calling works in the summer. I remember doing this over the past few years as I uh, worked on growing our family business. I remember that was a good time actually to reach a lot of people. People were slightly calmer. It was easier to get a hold of people. People were less fatigued. And uh, I know I, uh, I heard a wonderful quote from somebody that said that summer action leads to fall success. Summer action leads to fall success. So again, in the summer, you're actually going to be planting some of those seeds for business success for the rest of the year. And indeed, now is a good time to be investing in some of those activities. So keep in mind, while it may look a little different, again, you, you might actually leave a few more messages. I have a feeling you'll actually get a few more calls returned. I have a feeling that if you set up meetings, you'll actually get 
you'll actually get some of those meetings. It may look a little different. It may be slightly more relaxed. That's a good thing for your business prospecting efforts. We've got a lot more tips for you coming up after our very short break. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, about how you should plan for that vacation, uh, potentially that you may be taking at the end of the summer. Uh, as people start to return, that's your opportunity to take it easy. And maybe we'll talk a little bit about why vacations and why uh, taking it easy a little bit is such a good idea. You're listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Lots of tips available on my website, shalomkline.com. And you could check out our wonderful sponsors, Tandem HR. Check them out online, tandemhr.com. You can give them a call, 630-928-0510. And it's not too late to call into the program with your comments and everything that I've said so far, 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600. would love to hear from our listeners. You're listening to the At Down to Business, and we'll be right back. You are listening to the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Check out my website, shalomkline.com where you can download podcasts from the program and find lots of tips, advice, and information for all you small business owners. So earlier in the program, we talked a little bit about uh, how you should network uh, during the summer and how you can get meetings and how you could get phone calls and and grow your business. But I want to talk to you uh, to all of the employers out there that are running their uh, hopefully successful business. Hopefully you uh, have networked, you have clients, and you have employees. I want to talk to you about some of those employment tips and lots of this advice provided by our good friends at Tandem HR. Um, I want to talk about reasonable suspicion. Have you ever suspected that an employee was under the influence of drugs or alcohol? Did you turn your head questioning your own judgment? Or maybe, maybe you were hesitant to handle the matter on your own. But if you recognize the signs of drug and alcohol abuse, uh, will make an uncomfortable situation smoother while protecting your employees' health and safety as well as your company's bottom line. According to the American Council for Drug Education, drug and alcohol abusers are 10 times more likely to miss work, six times more likely to be involved in on-the-job accidents, and five times more likely to injure themselves or another in the process as well as five times more likely to file a worker's compensation claim, 33% less productive and responsible for health care costs that are three times as high. That's a lot of information, and that's pretty staggering statistics. Do you really want to keep those statistics going? Again, 10 times more likely to miss work, six times more likely to be involved in accidents, five times more likely to file a worker's compensation claim and 33% less productive. We talked a lot throughout the program today and in many, many past weeks about the cost of a worker's compensation claim. We talked about how productivity is so important. We talked about why making the right hires are so important. You have people that are working for you. You have people that are on the job. You want, you care about those people. You want to make sure things are are being run smoothly, and you certainly want to make sure that you're staying in compliance. Those staggering statistics force organizations everywhere to consider the drug and alcohol policies that are to make sure that they're in place and whether reasonable suspicion drug testing is right for their workplace. Reasonable suspicion drug testing occurs when an employer has reason to believe that an employee is under the influence of drugs or alcohol 
while conducting work. In order to act on a reasonable suspicion, employers should first ensure that the company has a drug or alcohol policy that addresses reasonable suspicion testing. In the absence of written policy, post uh, and past practices set precedent. So I want to emphasize that this is not just for large employers. This isn't just for companies that have a big break room and a big bulletin board uh, hanging over there. This is for you small businesses too. This applies equally to big and small companies. So what employers should be looking for are unsteady walking stump walking, stumbling, staggering, falling, swaying, unusual speech patterns, sleepy, overexcited, or violent demeanor, erratic behavior, using profanity, threatening or hostile behavior, hyperactivity, drowsy or sleepiness, bloodshot, glassy or dilated eyes, flushed or sweaty faces, odor of alcohol, disorderly appearance, strong alcohol odor on the breath. These are all indicators, and I know many of them seem pretty obvious, that you may have a reasonable suspicion and Drug and alcohol abusers can be very disruptive and very costly to the workplace. And if you have those policies and procedures in place to deal with these issues as they arise, we'll ensure that the costs won't get out of hand. And it, indeed, you're not just talking about loss of productivity. There, As I mentioned, there's some staggering statistics there of potential accidents and injuries, both to that individual employer employee, as well as to potentially other employees as well. And you want to make sure that those issues are kept in, in check. And you want to make sure that you as an employer are being responsible and not allowing those issues to get out of control. Nobody wants to see their company name or they themselves as a manager, as an employer, listed on a potential lawsuit because uh, somebody alleges that an accident or an injury could have been prevented had the manager or the employer spoken up sooner. These are all things that you could be on the lookout for. These are all steps that you can uh, confront and uh, and deal with. But speaking of dealing with it, uh, again, not everybody feels comfortable dealing with it on their own. If your business needs help getting policies like these in place, I would strongly encourage you to pick up the phone and call our good friends at Tandem HR uh, for a free consultation. Tandem HR is a professional employer organization, a PEO in the Chicago area that assists hundreds of small and mid-sized businesses with creating, as they say, exceptional workplaces. They also help their clients save time and money while growing their business by taking on the administrative tasks associated with human resources, benefits, payroll, tax administration, regulatory compliance and risk management. If you have not heard me talk about this in the past about a PEO, a professional employer organization, I'll give you a very brief uh, background and understanding on that right now. It means that you're actually being pooled with other businesses that, uh, that will give you cost savings. You'll actually get the benefits of operating as a big business, having those resources made available to you, even if you only have a small number of employees, you get the resources of big businesses, but you're still treated like a small business, treated with the respect and understanding that you are a business owner like everybody else. So for more information on Tandem HR or PEOs, professional employer organizations, you want to visit tandemhr.com or give them a call, 630 Nine two eight zero five one zero six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero, or check out tandemhr.com. Uh, in closing, I certainly would recommend that you deal with these issues. Don't let them pile up. Don't uh, ignore the issues in your workplace. Talk to the wonderful consultants at Tandem HR six three zero nine two eight zero five one zero, or check out their website tandemhr.com. 
Um, in a moment, we're going to continue the conversation about companies, small businesses, jobs, and entrepreneurship. Don't touch that bell. Chicago will be right back. Hey, welcome back, Chicago. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And it is here. That's right. We've been talking about it throughout the program. It's here. It's officially summer. We're done with the bad weather. Um, it's funny. Throughout June, I wasn't sure. Is it actually summer? Uh, but now I think it's consistently hot weather. Um, I ask my Google assistant at home, I ask, what will the temperature be tomorrow? And consistently, it's pretty much in the 70s, 80s. It's pretty good. Pretty good weather. So we talked about why it's important to stay active in business networking, even during the summer, because uh, some other companies may have uh, their uh, some of their people out, but often business owners um, stay connected. They stay responsive. And I'd encourage you to do the same. But let's say, let's say that you actually do have the good fortune to get away for a little bit. Even if you're getting away and you plan to be responsive, um, it's still important to plan to be away. There will be time that you're going to be on the plane. There's going to be time that you're going to be with family and friends. And there will be some of that uninterruptible time. So I want to talk about how to plan it. It means right now summer is here. It's time for the well-deserved vacation time, whether you take it now in July, in August, in September, it doesn't matter. But it also means it's time for voicemail vacation messages. And I know I've discussed this earlier on Get Down to Business in past weeks. But in the excitement of summer vacations, or really any vacation, people become well thoughtless. They leave customers and prospects stranded while they're away and create misunderstandings and missteps that add to the workload the moment that you might return. While it's true that there's nothing like the last day of work before a holiday, the focus that we have is we tie up loose ends and that moment when we're ready to walk out the door, embrace that well-earned time off, I'm guessing that this moment the one just seconds away from freedom is the one and most of us remember our voicemail and the need to change the message. Or, by the way, that goes for email responses as well. Um, but today we're going to talk about the voice messages. I've listened to a lot of vacation messages. Most of them were delivered at the speed of light. Many were impossible to understand. Several lacked any valuable information. And one had so much information, I had to call back three times to get all the details. So it's got to stop. All of us hate reaching lousy voicemail messages. All of us are capable of creating great ones. So a few quick tips as we wrap up Get Down to Business on this July 9th. Um, a few tips that will help you create a vacation message that will serve your clients and prospects and will let you embrace every second of your well-deserved time off. I'm going to skip all the dates. You know what I mean. Uh, I'm, vac- I'm on vacation from this day to that date. It creates a lot of confusion. Instead, simply just state when you'll be back at work. Nobody wants to keep track of your calendar for you. Be honest. If you're going on vacation and you deserve to enjoy it without work interruptions, we all deserve this. It's important. It's essential to our health and our creativity. So if you plan on monitoring and returning messages, say it, but only say it if you mean it. If you're actually going away and you're not going to be available, uh, then just be honest about it and tell people how they could reach your company, how they could get a hold of you. Perhaps if you're not checking your voicemail messages, but you want them to email you, say that in the message and your tone of the tone of your voice betrays you when it's not true and 
pretty much people know when you're not going to call them back. You want to speak slowly and repeat. Many vacation messages include the option to contact someone else, which, as I mentioned, is great customer service. But it's totally defeated if the information is given so quickly that neither the name nor the phone number can be understood. As a rule, we're not prepared to take a message when we make outbound calls. Take that into consideration. State the names and phone numbers slowly and clearly and at the same speed that it would take to write them down. Then say them again so the caller can check what they've written down. And sound happy. After all, while I'm listening to your message, you're on vacation. So if you're planning a vacation soon, enjoy your phone work, enjoy your vacation. Um, thank you for tuning in to Get Down to Business. We'll be back next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Until then, check out my website, ShalomKlein.com. Follow me on Twitter, at ShalomKlein. Check out our sponsors, TandemHR.com, or give them a call, 630-928-0510, 630-928-0510. And to success, let's get down to business. We'll talk to you next Sunday at 6 p.m. right here on AM560. Enjoy the rest of your week. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.